Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is June the 27th, 2014, and yes, you are tuning into another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha, and thank you to all for being here with me. I hope everyone is having a blessed day. Yesterday was an interesting show. Today will be another one. I try to keep you motivated. Do not forget, today is Black Music Month for this whole entire month of June. So if you have any requests and feel like calling in, do so at 347-426-3751. And I do not mind playing any songs that you want me to play from jazz, pop, cabaret, Blues, you name it, we can actually do it for you. Um, with me today is a great person today because I know many of you probably need this in your life. Yes, you do. Um, is Get Organized a challenge for you? Marsha Sims, professional organizer and president of Sort It Out Incorporated, has worked with thousands of clients and students to help them achieve a higher level of organization. She initially started her company as a way to help others learn how to get organized, a skill she felt inspired to learn. Since then, her company has grown into one of the top professional organizing companies in the United States. Marsha has been interviewed on television, radio, and newspapers and magazines. She has co-authored four books and numerous articles about organizing and nationwide publications. In addition to training and certifying people who want to become professional organizers, Marsha teaches a popular monthly online organizing program to people who want to, to affordably learn how to get organized for themselves. And with humor, experience, and the keen ability to understand our underlying motives, master trainer and veteran professional organizer Marsha Sims will teach you how to organize and control the massive amounts of information, clutter, and paper we get on a daily basis. So here is Marsha Sims. Marsha, how are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you, Technicia? I'm blessed, and I'm glad that you're here today to teach us how to get that nasty clutter out of our life. Because <laughs> I'm sure everybody who's listening, hopefully today, can understand we have, we do, we tend to get messy, especially being a parent, you have so much to do, job, being soccer mom, sports mom, whatever, or just being a dad, single parent, it just gets sometimes hectic. But before we get into that, Marsha, can you give us a little bit more about your background? Yeah, actually. Uh, in terms of how I got started or in terms of my background of myself or what? What do you mean? Well, let's go into how did you get started? What, what inspired you to get in the business of organizing? Well, you know, 
I don't know if you've heard the adage, we teach what we most need to learn. Well, that was my life story. I needed this information. I needed to learn it. I needed to do it for myself. I had three little kids and and a house that was a mess. I had a real estate company and files that were a mess. My life was a disaster, and I needed to fix it. And so I started reading books about how to get organized. And I had read several of them, and I was trying to work it because, you know, you could read the books and you try to work it. And the books just weren't – I just couldn't get it. You know, I just I, – I couldn't – I just – I could read it and understand it, but I couldn't translate that into creating time for it and doing it in a linear, organized fashion where it would stay kept. And then I had the real estate company, and this lady – I met the, I met this lady – who was supposedly was counseling displaced executives. Her her mission was, you know, like there was a lot of downsizing going on, especially here in South Florida. And she would, executives who were downsized, she would talk to you and figure out what you should do. And so when I met her, I was telling her about my life. I couldn't get organized. Everything was everywhere. But I had organized what I was going to say, and she told me, about the National Association of Professional Organizers. She said, you should do this. If you do this, you will be very successful. And I I joined the organization because I thought, oh, that's where all the organized people are. (laughs) I can meet somebody and they'll help me. And that's kind of the way it worked, except that when people found out that I was a member of the National Association of Professional Organizers, they assumed I could help them. And so my phone started ringing with people calling me, asking me if I could help them, and I didn't know what to do. But this one lady kind of, she kind of convinced me that I should come. I I never, like, admitted that I didn't know. You know, I didn't say, well, I can't help. I just kind of would listen and then find an excuse why I couldn't help them. And this lady insisted, and she just, I went, and I thought, okay, I'll go, I'll do this, I'll, I'll, I'll never do it again. Because I couldn't tell her no, because if I told her no, she'd think that she was the problem. And it wasn't about her, I was the problem. So I went, and when I went, when I got to her house, tears came mm-hmm. to my eyes. I, it was terrible. It was really terrible. You know, back then they didn't have shows about hoarding. So I didn't even know what that was. I, you couldn't get in her house. There was nowhere to sit. Every table was filled up. Yeah, she she had she put her medicine in the oven so she wouldn't lose it. I mean, it was just, it was really bad. And so, I was able to help her. And and I I tell the story about how I was able to help her, because all that stuff my mother used to tell me that I used to ignore, came back. It was like this wasn't about work. It, it, it was a human in need. I was there. I had to help her. It, it was like. I just had to help her. It was terrible. And when I got ready to leave, we 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 cleaned everything up. I mean, obviously with a hoarder, you can't you know you can't handle everything in one day. But I made it where the floors were cleared off, the surfaces were cleared off, the chairs were cleared off, the medicine was where it belonged. She could get in her bed. She could go from her her bedroom to the bathroom. I mean, we just straightened everything up and put it in. We put things near the right areas and cleared off the floors and stuff like that. And when I got ready to leave, she cried 
and I cried. And I knew there was so much more to this organizing thing than just moving your stuff around. It wasn't about that. It was about people in need, and it was about it was about it was about feeling desperate about your life, and it was about feeling unhappy about your life. It was it was so much more than stuff that I I was hooked. And she she asked me to come back several times, and I did, and got her okay. And then she started telling all her friends about me, and they started hiring me. And I went to their houses and their offices and their crafts rooms and their kids' rooms and their classrooms. And, and it just became like, like this massive labor of love because I was really – I found a way that I could help people. And even though my situation wasn't perfect at that time, it, it didn't matter. I was able to help other people. And right. Yeah, and, and then I started taking my own lessons – because, see, I had read so many books, and I would keep reading books because, I was, because now it was not just for me. I, was, I became fascinated with the subject. And then I would read books. I had book knowledge but no practical knowledge, and I'd go practice it on somebody, and it would work. And then I'd say, wow, I need to practice that in my own house. And then I'd come home, and the, the feel-good energy from how good it felt to help them, I would use in my own house and help me. And it was just a, an upward spiral of this was feeling really good, <laughs> and I was making money. And so I kept doing it, and it kept happening. And I've been doing this for 22 years. I have never advertised, not because I'm above that. I, it just was never necessary because people kept calling me, and people kept hiring me. And so I was able to keep doing it. And then when my kids graduated from college, and I was able to send all my kids to college on this. And after they all graduated from college, uh, a good friend of mine who, who wants to be in marketing said, well, you need to train other people to do what you do. And I said, well, I don't know how to do that. And he said, well, yes, you do. Just do this. And he helped me put together the program that I now use to teach people who have the problem because – because the reason that I, I like to teach people who have the problem is because we tend to have the compassion because we understand how it gets like that. So I started doing that, and that started working. And so now I have organizers around the country who, who are compassionate and who understand because I can teach anybody how to organize. But, but organizing for somebody with attention deficit disorder is a completely different world for to organizing somebody who's depressed, which is a completely right. different world from organizing somebody who's a shopaholic, which is a completely, so, you know, different world, like if you're downsizing or, or you, you know, just got a new job and you're moving or whatever. So, so I, we work with people, not stuff. And then my, my good friend, who is also my co-author on three books, said, well, I, I was trying to get her to, to, to let the people on her list know about my, my certification classes. And oh, she said, yeah, she, yeah she, she said, well, I don't want to tell them about the certification classes. I want you to have a class for them so they can learn how to get organized. I said, oh, and then I created them. And then I, and then I went from that to the program now that I, I just think is the best program ever for people who want to learn how to get organized. And that's the program we call the SOS program. 
So that's my story. Now you know everything. <laughs> and, and that's and it's just amazing because it's it's well what I was gonna say it's amazing that some people do live like that and it becomes a serious problem. You know, Marsha TLC had a show out hoarding buried alive, and that's where they was exploring the cycle the psychology behind compulsive storing. Of course, people yeah. have so much furniture, clothes, and it becomes it becomes sickening. It becomes sickening to your health, and that's tormenting. It is. There was, a, there was an article. Um, a woman recently died. She had so much stuff. I think she was in Atlanta. Anyway, I don't oh. know where she was, but, but she died. She had so much stuff that the floor caved mm-hmm. in, and, and she got oh, married Lord. in her house. And they, and they didn't even know that she was – they didn't even know she had died in there at first, and then no, they found her. Yeah, so right. it, 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 it can become devastating. But even up until it becomes devastating, it, it becomes something that makes you sad, and it becomes something that makes you feel bad about yourself and your life, and it becomes something that makes you feel embarrassed to have company over or, you know, and things like that. And, and you don't want stuff to affect the quality of your life. You, wanna, you want your life to be the way you want it to be. Right. You, know? you do, and I know so, it has to be hard. Marsha, I was going to say, I know it has to be hard probably to go to a people house and really help them organize, especially since they're grown. Because most people be setting their ways. You know, you get up to a certain age, you're like, okay, I really don't need help. I don't want to learn this. And it's well, nothing no, wrong okay. with getting. Well, let, let, me, let, me, let me say, it, it's not hard because people only hire me when they are ready. Okay. So, yeah. So, so, it then it's easy. See, getting organized is not an emergency until the minute you decide you can't live like this anymore. Right. And at okay. that minute, you are ready. And so, I don't go to work with people who don't want to do it because if you don't want to do it, don't do it. <laughs> it's okay. You know what I mean? Right. I am not the organizing police. I don't care. You know, if you want to live in a house where you can't, where you're walking through paths and you can't, and you're stepping over stuff and stuff is falling down, if that's how you want to live, you have the right to live like that. But if you are ready to clean up and change, then you have the right to be different. So I come along when people are ready. So it's never hard. It's always wonderful. It's never been hard, not one time. So, now, sometimes companies will hire me to come in and help employees who are a mess. And the employee is not ready, but they want to keep their job, so they're still nice to me. You see, I, I never have a problem. I have, I have never had a bad day organizing in 22 years, not even one. Because if people don't like it, I can go home. It's okay. Right. <laughs> so, no, it's not hard at all. Yeah. Right. And you're right. You can keep your house however you want it. I just yeah. might not be the one who wants to get invited to it because, you know, you go to some people's house, Marsha, you'd be like, oh, Lord, Jesus. Well, see, it's your, you'd be too afraid. I'm not going to lie, Marsha. You'd be too afraid to just want to sit down. You'd be like, oh, okay, never mind. All right, got to go. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, see. I'm going to say something See those, <laughs> right? Those, I those do. are the pl- 
those are the places I try to make where people keep my house clean. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and and we should, and we're taught that we should, but there there are reasons that people get disorganized. Sometimes there's an emergency, you know, a, a yeah, like a bad situation, like. Here it was. We had a we had Hurricane Andrew, and there are people who are still, you know, you know, because like losing everything can can create you get, holding on to too much. Some people are just shopaholics. They just are shopping as an emotional uh, thing to make themselves feel better, and so those mm-hmm. people continue to acquire. Some people have something like a need, like like a like a like a. Like, you know, they say that when people are really, really overweight, that sometimes that's really not the food. It's really psychological, and they're trying to create a barrier. Like a lot of times they've said, like, women who have been abused will 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 get real overweight because they don't want the attention. You know what I mean? And sometimes right. clutter can be like that because people don't want – they don't want the attention. They don't. They want to kind of stay hidden. And if your house is a mess, then you have a reason that you don't bring people to your house. You'll go out, but nobody comes to you in your private world. Or sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, some people are dep- going through depression, and they don't have the energy to clean up. Or an illness, a physical illness, and they don't have the physical energy to clean up. Right. Or... Or some people are in an abusive situation and they can't they can't get out of it and so they can't work through making all the decisions because ultimately clutter is postponed decisions. I mean that's ultimately what it is. So right. there's a lot more to it and it's and it's not dirt. It's not dirty. It's just cluttered. You know, a lot of people like I I can probably Probably in 22 years, I've only been in three houses that were what I would consider to be dirty. But other than that, there is a lot of stuff, but it's not dirt. It, I've never seen a seen. I mean, if I've ever seen a bug, I've never been any place where they had roaches ever. I've never been any place where there are bugs or or animals or any, any nothing like. I've never been any place that's dirty, but I've been to a whole lot of places that are cluttered with a whole lot of stuff, and then. Some people collect certain categories. So, like, some people may have 300 pair of shoes or 5,000 books. You know what I mean? Or, like, too, right. much, too, many, too many clothes or too many towels. But the other thing is when I was actually going out to people's homes, it was expensive. So the people who would hire me would often have, you know, maids to come in and clean up. So... That was another reason why it didn't. It was never. I, I never had to deal with that. But now, what I've tried to do is, you know, I've worked with a lot of wealthy people. I've worked with a lot of people who are of means, who could afford to bring me and my team in. But now, I've created a program that anybody can afford, and I did that on purpose okay. because, yeah, when when I was when I was raising my sons, I had to make money because I had to take care of my family. Right. But now my my sons are all grown up now and they're all independent. So now what I've done and, and I remember I used to feel guilty because I was working with people who had all this money 
and there were people who just couldn't afford me that I could not afford to go work for because I had to I still had to pay my bills. It wasn't that I didn't want to, it was that I I couldn't afford it. So I had to work with people who were who had a lot of money, but I I put together a program that if you can afford to go to McDonald's and you can afford to you know what I mean, you can afford you can afford to get organized. The program is only $27 a month. Oh, that's not Everybody bad at all, can, just to get organized. No, it's, it's very, very reasonable. And I did it on purpose. What I did was I took everything I know and I put it into a 12-month program so that every single month you you get what to do, how to do it. And if you just do the program, if you just give me 15 minutes a day, I I guarantee you, if you do it, in the end of a year, your house will be exactly what you want. And at $27 a month, nobody can tell me I can't afford it. You can tell me I don't want to do it. You can tell me I don't have time. And if you say you don't have time, well, the program comes to you every month online. So you can listen to it whenever you can find time. So time's no reason. So I've taken away the two big obstacles, money and time. So the question is, why don't you want to do it now? What's the problem? And Right, what is the holdup? And exactly. not only that, when you join the program, I give you a buddy to work with. So you have somebody oh, to be accountable. Yeah, you have somebody to be accountable to. So you are, you know, and if... If anybody signs up from your show, they will get a free consultation with me to get them on track and get them started. So they can tell me everything that's wrong, and I'll tell them exactly what to do, and then the program will support them doing it. So there's no reasons anymore. Right. No no more excuses. No excuses no more whatsoever. Excuses. I right. hope anybody who's listening that you do sign up, this will be very helpful for anybody who has clutter. I really went to probably consider myself clutter. I just keep a lot of stuff stocked. Like I have shelf of print paper, and I keep my daughter's stuff in my room because I don't want them tearing up their stuff. I just, at times, what I would do, though, Marshall, because I don't try to kill myself trying to do everything in one day. I take a little bit at a time by day. At least I take at least probably about 10 minutes at the most, clean it up, stack it up properly so it don't look like it's all over the place. So right. that's most of what I try to do to keep it organized. And my closet looks like it's so cluttered because it's small. But I told my husband, I was like, if we really had a walk-in closet, this would be nothing. This this exactly. is nothing at all. It looks that way because it's small. So I'm doing my best to try to organize it, tighten everything up, and it's like it just, it just doesn't work. But, Marsha, help. You know, companies coming. What can a right. person do quickly to make their home look presentable? Okay, that's an excellent question. The first thing is you want to think about surfaces. See, organizing is about surfaces. One time, I was I was looking through some one of the one of the magazines. You know, like, like you're in the grocery store line and you have all these magazines. I was flipping through a magazine, and what was what I noticed is what is conspicuously missing in all of these beautiful home magazines is the stuff that you need to live with. So, for example, every counter 
is perfectly clean. You look at a kitchen, there's nothing on the counters. You look at an office, there's nothing on the desk. The shelves may have a few books, but there's nothing sitting around on top of stuff. So quickly, you look at every surface. The floor is the largest visual surface in a room. So you, you look at the floor, you get everything off the floor. Then you look up, you look at chairs and, and credenza, you know, low tables. You get everything off the table except maybe one thing, a picture, a candle, you know what I mean, a plant. Then you go to the next highest surface, tables. You get everything off your tables. And then you go to the next highest surface, shelving, so that you don't have stuff sitting around on anything. Now, the question then is, of course, what do I do with all this stuff? Because the reason it's there is because it doesn't belong anywhere. So what I recommend you do to start, company's coming, you need to move it quickly, box it up, and line it neatly against a wall until company leaves. And then you go through the boxes one at a time. But just quick, 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 move it and get your surfaces cleared off. That's the answer. Okay. Okay. And that and makes let me, sense. Let me, let me say yeah. something too. You said your closet's really small. Yes, ma'am. In order to get in order to get organized and stay organized, you need three things. You need the okay. correct you need the correct systems, you need the correct habits, and you need the correct tools. One without the other won't work. So a system like you need like a filing system is a system for how to handle your files, right? The habit you need is the regular basis of doing it because if you create your files and you never file again, well, more paper keeps coming in, so you're not using a right. habit of keeping it up. And then the tool is the file cabinet or the tool that you, you know, the folders and the labels and things you need in order to make it work. Your, a bookshelf is a tool to hold books. A closet right. is a tool to hold your clothing. So it, you, you need to... Think about how to, like you said, you had the right answer, but I just wanted to, to expand on that, that if you don't have enough closet capacity, then you need to expand it. If you have books that are all over your house, maybe you need more, you either need more bookshelf capacity or you need fewer books. If, if you can't get in your closet, then you either need more closet capacity, which is what you said to expand it, or you need fewer clothes. clothes. So... You, you want to think about the tools that you have. Do you have sufficient tools for the things you need? You right, and that's why I do. Right, yeah. Marsha, and that's why I try to give up certain things. Like if I see something I had over years, I'm like, oh, I can give that up because that's most of what I yeah. try to do. I give up my small purses, clothes that I had for two or three years. I'm like, oh, let it go. It's okay. It's just yeah. clothes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So I, I, I definitely that's that's the best way to do, especially. I don't even consider like spring cleaning. I like to just clean, period. Just That's just right. get rid of it. That's God right. knows and, I got too many stuff animals. And and you know we all do. I mean this is America and everything is about um, being disposable. You know we we acquire 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 and then we're supposed to get rid of stuff. And for those right. of us who don't want to get rid of stuff, it's really hard because we still continue to acquire. So like in your closet, for those people who need to go through clothes, if it's, too, if it's more than two sizes, too big or too small, you should let it go. If it's broken and you know you're not going to fix it, you should let it go. If it doesn't make you look gorgeous, you should let it go. You know, if you have something that's so old, it's got those big shoulder pads that we don't wear anymore, 
let it go. <laughs> you know, right. I, I had a dress that I was serenaded in when I was young, and I kept that dress forever. I kept it. I outgrew it. I still kept it. I lost weight, and I could fit in it. And by the time I could fit in it again, I pulled that dress out, and it was a dress with those huge shoulder pads and looked like from the Jetsons. I said, I couldn't wear it. I had to get rid of it. <laughs> you know, I, I saved it with the excuse that it was a memento, but the truth is I saved it because I looked so good in that dress, I thought when I lose weight, I'm going to get back in it. Right. And, I, and then I lost weight, and then that, that didn't work. So there you go. <laughs> so if it's more like than two sides. <laughs> it's more than two sizes too big or too small. Just let it go. Because by the time right. you get back, get into your size, you know, you might you, then you deserve new clothes. Exactly. You can let it go. You you yeah, afford you to let it. let it go. And I will admit, sometimes I have bought something and it feels like, wait a minute, it don't feel the same as I tried it on. Now I feel, I'll be so quick. I'll be like, you know what? Don't want to do it, but I'm just gonna give it up because now it's gonna be in my way because I, it's really uncomfortable. So. I'm just not going to do it. If the shoe's uncomfortable, I, w- I do. I don't mind giving up stuff. You can't hold on to it, like you said. It's, it's, it, don't, it don't feel right. You just be That's cluttering right. and just adding on more. Now, That's right. Now, Marsha, for the ones who actually might live with a messy, what are some ways that they might can encourage him or her to be more organized? Unfortunately, you cannot make other people see your vision. So there are things that you can do. For example, you can set boundaries. You can say, okay, you're allowed this room. You can, here's your office or here's your extra room. This is your room that you can keep a mess, but I have the right to live in a neat house. And your messy person should understand that. And then as you go through your home and you straighten out your home and you clean things up, Gently place the things in your messy's room. Don't throw them in to be mean. <laughs> you know, okay. when it comes to your children, if you are a messy yourself, don't expect other people to buy into your brand new vision again of cleaning up because you've already disappointed them. They've already seen you go through this before. They don't believe you. They don't trust you. So lead by example. Clean up. Organize do it yourself, and then they will start to join in when they see that you're really doing it. If you are not a messy yourself, then set boundaries because you're already setting an example. But don't don't be a messy and then expect everybody to jump back on the bandwagon again because now you have this new vision. It's not going to happen. Okay. And I talk about that in the program. I talk about, you know, what do you do? How, how do How do you get other people to join on? Because everybody wants to know that. And the answer is, you don't. You just lead by example, and then they'll follow the suit. Right. Because uh, my girls know they're good in that. They'll take off some, put it around the front. I'm like, really? Like, we just couldn't take it to the washer? Um, put it right. in the <laughs> just You really just have to throw it right there on the floor. And I, and I just seriously be like, they could just be on ticket off, or they'll take off something clean and just change into something else and I'll just look at it on for really? 
we, we cannot keep this room clean. So we made an agreement. When they get back to school, there will be no field trip this year until you learn how to start keeping it clean because you get older now. You are not babies. You got to start taking. I tell them, you're part of this team. You're in this house. We got to keep it together. I'm not right. going to keep, I'm not Hazel. This is not going with the wind, and I'm not going to clean up behind you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I will leave it right there, too. Because, like, right. I see stuff in the bathroom. I leave it right there, Marsha. I'm like, I'm not going to do it because if I keep doing it, then you're not going to ever want to do it. So I just leave it right there, and I tell them, you left something right there. I don't care if it's a piece of tissue. Pick it up. Don't just leave it right there. I mean, come on. Well, let me tell you what I, what I used to do. I had three boys. Mm-hmm. And I would say, okay, I'm going to clean up. And I would start counting from 10 to 1. When I got to 1, I would put everything in a pillowcase and put it in the laundry room. I didn't care what it was. Underwear, shoes, books, papers that needed to go back to school. I didn't care what it was. Toys, <laughs> I didn't care what it was. It all went in a right. pillowcase and it all went in the laundry room. So they didn't like that because... That meant somebody's paper that they had to turn into school was in a in a pillowcase with somebody's dirty underwear, which is somebody's shoe. They hated that. So what would happen is when I would start counting, at first I'd say, I'm going to clean up, and I'd start counting. Nobody showed up. And when I got to about four, boys would start flying from everywhere, coming in to get their stuff that was important to them. So that's what I would do, and it worked. Then if they needed something, they couldn't find it. Where's my shoe? Where's my book? Have you seen my this? I don't know. Go look in the pillowcase. And there may be four pillowcases that they never went through. <laughs> they have to dig through all that stuff. They hated that. So you know what? They stopped doing it. Right. I, have one, I have one son whose apartment is impeccable. At any minute, you can walk in there. It's gorgeous. My other son, who was my main slob son, that was his way of rebelling. When, when he, he graduated from college, he got his first apartment, and I was going to go see him, and I just was braced for, oh, God, this is going to be, I, you know, I'm going to need a, like, you know, a, a hazmat suit to get in there. <laughs> and I opened the, he opened the door. Not only was it so clean you could eat off the floor, but it smelled good. They had put these these um, the things in in the light bulbs, you know, that uh, in the socket that make the house smell like vanilla. I couldn't believe it. It was like, who is this? <laughs> All those years, you ignored me, but you, but he didn't ignore me. He just was rebelling. He was against listening. Me. Right. He, he was, was listening. Yeah. 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 He had so, to act up, and I think that's how all of them are. They want to act yeah. up, but they be listening. That's, that's yeah. That's right. Because because what they're doing is they're not listening to what you say. They're listening to what you do. And, okay. And so, yeah, so because children know the truth about who you are and what you, what you are. You know, you, you, can, you can put on a face to the world, but your kids are home with you. They know who you really are. They know if your face to the world is true or not. So, so children follow your example, not your words. Okay, so that's probably what mine are doing. They, they're they acting like they just don't hear me, but one day that's right. they'll be grown and they'll say, Mama, we will listen. I'll be like, okay, Marsha said it was coming. I just got to wait a little longer. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. It's I'll wait, Marsha. I'll be patient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, what, they hear you. 
what we're going to do, we're going to end up taking a short commercial break, so don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this with Marsha Sims on keeping yourself organized inside and outside of the home. All right, it appears that we had a little technical difficulties during a commercial break, but we're, we're back on the air with Marsha. Now, Marsha is explaining some things of how to keep it organized with your household chores and keeping it together for your children, even your spouse or whoever. So, Marsha, why do people get so disorganized in the first place? Well, you know, it, it, there, there could be a number of reasons. Some people are going through a trauma some people like like a like a major storm or something like that where they have to abandon their homes and come back and then they just kind of never really get it together. Uh, I'm in South Florida. I've worked with people who've gone through the Holocaust. I've even worked with people whose parents have gone through the Holocaust. So you know that was like obviously traumatic and and so they they just kind of just never really you know they they still are trying to hold on. I've worked with people who are going through depression where they don't have the energy to clean up, or people who are going through a physical illness or a spouse or a child is going through a physical illness, and they're trying to, you know, keep it up. I've worked with people who are in an abusive situation, and they can't, or, or who've just gotten out of an abusive situation, and they're still reeling from that, and they're, and they're you know, they're not able to, to make the decisions because ultimately clutter is postponed decisions. So, you right. know, some some people, you know, their life situation changes. They have a brand new baby, or 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 twins, or you know, or something like that, and they just <laughs> yeah. can't, you know, and they just haven't been able to to do everything that they need to do. Or some people are moving, and upsizing or downsizing, and they have to make different changes in their life. Or some people have a job that requires them to travel and they're not home enough or, you know, things like that. I mean, a lot of people that I work with are homeschooling. And so all day long they're busy and they don't know how to allocate their time. And it's it's not a clutter problem. It's a time management problem that looks like a clutter problem because they don't get around mm-hmm. to organizing stuff. So the, the reasons are so many. You know, in, in, in my certification class, I divide them into, um, you know, reasons that have to do with with illness or, or men, mental, what do we call it, Phys, physical, mental, that kind of thing, so that we divide them up into, like, like problems that are situational, like, you know, your life changes, or problems that are mental, like hoarding and, and being a shopaholic or having ADD, or, you know, those kind of things. So we divide them up so that you can put them in a category so you know, okay, if you walk in and you're working with a hoarder, here are some things you need to consider. If you walk in and you're working with somebody who is a shopaholic, here are some things you need to consider. If you walk in and you work with somebody you find out the person is depressed, here are the things you need to consider so that you are able to be effective with every situation because the problem is never, ever the stuff, ever, ever. It's always the person. 
And so you have to be yeah. able to work with the person and don't worry okay. about the stuff because if you can understand what the person's going through, then you can help them with their stuff. So, for example, if, if, if you're working with somebody, if you, you get there and, and everything is everywhere and you discover that, that this person is depressed, well, you're, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be rah, 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 okay, let's get this done <laughs> because that won't work. Right. But, and if, but if you get there and the person's a hoarder and you can't hardly walk in the house, well, then you're going to have more of a, okay, we can really do this attitude, you know, and I mean, I'm going to help you and let's make some decisions and how do you want your house to be and how do you want to live in your house? So that's really different. But if you go and, and this person owns a, owns a business and they're a business person, then you, they don't need the emotional stuff. They just want you to get in there and help them, you know, get moving because they've got to get back to work. So you have to person and the situation, not the stuff. The stuff will take care of itself if, you, if you're dealing with the person. That definitely makes a lot of sense starting from the inside and then we work on outside first work on the outside next but but yeah that makes i love that so in your line of work has there ever been a case that was beyond help there was one in 22 years um the the son had was in college in california and the parents the parents were retired in miami and the son called me because the father was really, really sick. He was dying. And the mother just couldn't do she was she just couldn't handle it. And when I got there, when you when they opened the door, you could not see the back of the house. There was so much stuff. It was just the piles were massive. The the woman would have to walk around the entire house to go from her bed into the bathroom because you couldn't get from the bed to the bathroom. It was so much stuff. You couldn't even use, couldn't even get in the bathroom. And so, and the son was there, but the son couldn't make any decisions because it wasn't his house. It was the parent's house. The wife couldn't make any decisions because she had been abused for 50 years and she just, she just couldn't make any decisions. She was just out of it. She didn't know. And the husband, the old man, couldn't make any decisions because he was so sick. He was dying. Mm. And they had a, a like a maid or a woman there helping to take care of the dad. And the dad picked up a coffee cup, and I heard crack, 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 and then the coffee cup fell to the ground. His hand broke when he picked up the coffee cup. And so everybody's scrambling around trying to, you know, clean up the coffee and pick up the glass and all that. And I, I, I couldn't do that. It, it was just... It was so dysfunctional. Nobody could make a decision. I certainly couldn't make a decision. I didn't know what they, you know, you know. The the and the maid told me she said this this has happened before. So, you know, he's so weak that his bones break. And oh wow! I couldn't handle it. it. That was beyond my ability to handle because nobody could nobody nobody could do anything. It was just completely disastrous in every way so that i said i can't i can't handle this i i'm gonna leave and i left and so there were some people working like like trimming the hedges and stuff like that they said everybody comes and they leave <laughs> so, oh wow yeah, it was just that bad so but but in 22 years that's the 
only time I haven't been able to be effective on some level. Now, I went and I, I worked with one woman all day long, and the next day her husband told me she crawled in the dumpster and pulled everything out. Okay, that, <laughs> I don't even know how to categorize mm. that. You know, she waited until right. I left. And then I worked with another woman one time, and her husband got there before I left. Her husband didn't know I was coming. And when he got there, she, she started getting really nervous. And he sat in a chair outside of the room where we were working, and he just sat there and kind of like, you know, patted his thumb against the, the edge of the chair, kind of, you know, just till I left. So she paid me, I left, and she called me up the next day crying because he undid everything we did. He just oh, undid. no. Yeah, he just, he, and, but, you know, she was in a really bad situation. It was abusive. He used to be, he was beating her up and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and, you know, you know, we, we think that only happens in um, lower socioeconomic families because that's what you hear on TV and in the news, but uh-uh, uh-uh. That happens to people with money, too. And sometimes it happens right. because the the woman, well, you know, usually I work with the woman, but, you know, the woman's there because the man had money and she married him, and he's so awful that she, that she's abused, but she's like a prisoner in her own house. And right. they call it, it even has a name, it's called golden handcuffs. So I've worked with women who were in that situation where they had lots of money and massive, massively beautiful homes, but... They they were in abusive situations where, you know, the husband would sleep with other people and bring them home, and there was nothing they could do because he had the money, and if she left, she would be without everything. So mm-hmm. so, so that situation created clutter because, right. you know, because so, – so those are the kinds of things that I've seen that create clutter. Um, people having to work two and three jobs creates clutter because they're yeah. never home. Yeah, they're never exactly. home to do it. Yeah, um, having having a whole lot of kids in a really small house creates clutter because you can't you don't have places for things, you know. So yeah, all that does tie into keeping clutter. Yeah, I know a lot of people who work three jobs and you barely can stay home to try to clean up. But I have seen right. some who manage to do it. Like you said, it's all about allocating your time and. Just try yeah. a step at a time. Nobody, no one is asking you to be perfect, going up, be super warm, and clean the whole house in a day. But you know, start off a little bit. Maybe do one room once, one day at a time. You know, it, it adds up. Right. That's what I do. I get comfortable on my off days, so I'm not going to sit there and clean the whole house. I do enough of that when I have to serve at work. So I do maybe one room or two rooms in the, at a time, and then I let that be it. And then my husband, he. He definitely keeps it clean, so I'm thankful to have that on my side. That's true. That That's really true. helps, if, right? Because if you had a husband who was a messy, that would that wouldn't be easy. <laughs> no, but now, once you banish all this clutter, how do you keep your house clutter free? That is a wonderful question because that is the issue, and so you need a plan for maintenance. And that's where the 15-minute-a-day habit that you learn in my program, that's where that comes in because that's where your habits are. So, for example, I tell people, once you get a surface cleared off, 
then you want to guard it like a bulldog, especially from yourself. <laughs> because nothing else can go on that surface. So let's say you have a counter. Let's say you have a, a, a dresser in your bedroom that keep, you keep putting stuff on. It keeps staying junky. So mm-hmm. once you finally get it cleaned off, then the rule is you're not allowed to put anything back on there. Okay. So then, see, and if you keep it cleaned off, then it will never get messy again. Now, the hard thing to do is to stop the habit of just throwing things on there. You know, people come in and they throw things on the dining room table as a habit. The whole family has that habit. They come in, everybody puts their stuff on the table. So what does that mean? That means the table is always a mess. Once you get it cleaned off, then you need a new habit of not putting stuff on the table. So it's all about habits. We are creatures of habit. Our habits create us and our habits maintain us and our habits will serve us or destroy us so you want to create the habits that will serve you not destroy you right you got to surrender your right to be clean now you got to that's surrender right. and that's right. and what I try not to do I, I don't like the clutter either on my dresser because I know I have a lot of jewelry on my dresser but what I try not to do is keep buying all the time, especially when it comes to certain perfumes and colognes, I will. I just wait till I get through what I already have before I buy another one. That's right. I don't like. I don't like looking at too much. It just gets ridiculous. It yeah, does. Right. But these are some great tips. I'm so glad you're on the show sharing this with us. But well, thank you. what is your number one best tip for telling people how to keep their houses organized? To Make a decision about what you want and then okay. go from there. You have to start with a, with a thought. See, everything starts with a thought. So if you think that you want your house to be clean, then you're going to think in, or, or organized, then you're going to think about things you can do to make it organized. If you don't ever give it any thought, then things will land where they land. So the key is to give it thought. Don't just let it happen. Don't be reactive. Be proactive. So the best thing you can do is to think about what you want. That's number one. And then number two is to create a plan. Like what I tell people is think about it like this. If everything were perfect and everything was exactly like you wanted it, how would it be? Well, you can look or go around your house and you can look at it. You can say, okay, if everything were perfect, my dining room table would be cleaned off. If everything were perfect, I wouldn't have all that junk on the kitchen counter. If everything were perfect, right. I would know where my papers are in my files. And just write it down. What would it be like? And then that gives you a guide of how to begin and what, what, what to do. Because if you don't ever think about it, then you can't ever do it. Now, for some people, it's automatic. They don't have to consciously think about it. It's just kind of in their DNA. It's automatic, and that's just they do that. That's what they do, period. But for some of us, it's not automatic, and we have to think about it. And if you have to think about it, if you're like that, and if you look around and your house is a mess, or you look around and and it's not where you want it, then think about it. Like one year in my house, there was this blue box in the middle of my floor. 
in the living room. Mm -hmm. We we would walk in every day. We would walk around it. We would step over it. We don't know how long it had been there. And one day I looked at it and I noticed it. And I said to my sons, I said, why is that box there? They said, I don't know. We don't know how long it had been there. It was just there. We never noticed it. We just lived around it. So I opened it. I don't even remember now what it was. We got rid of that stuff, and that was it. We never noticed it. And what happens is we go through our lives every day like a zombie. We don't notice our lives. We just, we just kind of get through it. And if we don't stop and look at it and pay attention, it will never improve. Like when I first started being an organizer, I said, okay, I can't be an organizer and go to people's houses with my car being filled up with with stuff. <laughs> you have a messy car. Right. That, 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 that's the wrong image. So I cleaned out my car. I just took everything out, all the papers, all the trash, everything. I just took it out. And then my new rule became every time I get out of my car, I turn around and I look to make sure there's no stuff in there. If I see papers, I take them out. If there's trash, I take it out. If I have a book or a notebook, I take it out. And then that became my new habit. Now my car is always clean. But forever, it wasn't. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, Marsha, I was agreeing with you that you have to keep yourself clean. But that's what my mother used to always tell me. How how are you going to go and clean someone else's house when you don't even clean your own? And my daughters are good in that. They'll clean everyone else's house when they go to another life. Seriously, will you put the broom down? You don't even do that at home. I have exactly. to literally yell at you to clean up. <laughs> no. But, uh-uh. you, but you know what that proves? That proves that they know how to do it. That's what that proves. Right. They know what they're supposed to do. They're just not doing it. Right. But they, they know. Just, you, See, your right. lessons are getting <laughs> That's, there. Right. I just need you to, I just need you to ch- force yourself to do it more here. I try to exactly. sometimes I try to make it fun though. Okay, it's yeah. mommy time. Let's let's all clean up. Then they be right. excited, so they probably get older and be teenagers. Be like, wait a minute, that that wasn't no game. That wasn't fun at all. <laughs> <laughs> use look, use them while I can. <laughs> so, um, what is a trick you could probably share for getting a house looking decent quickly? Well, okay. Surfaces, think about surfaces and clear off all the surfaces. Make sure that that you don't have anything on top of any surfaces, just like in a magazine. And use boxes. Boxes are my favorite organizing tool. I use them for everything. But when you put things in boxes, that, that is not a permanent situation. And the reason I tell people to use boxes and not plastic is because boxes signal to you that they are temporary and plastic signals to you that it's permanent. Because if you empty the box, you can flatten it and hide it or get rid of it. If you empty the crate, it still takes up the same, a plastic, you know, kind of a crate, it still takes up the same amount of space. So you want to use something that you can flatten. So, you know, box everything up and start from a clean perspective and clear every clear off all your surfaces and and keep them cleared off. And don't buy things you don't need. Before you buy anything, think about where is this going? How am I going to use it? Do I need it? Give it thought. Give it the two second thought interruption. 
And if you're a bookaholic, here's a, here's a tip that will save you a lot of money. When you get ready to buy a book and you, you just have to have it, take a picture of it and tell yourself if you still want it in 24 hours, you can go buy it. That, right. Just that trick saved me so much money because I would go in the bookstore and I couldn't get out of there for less than $100. I had to have this book. Oh, I'm going to read this. Oh, yeah, I really want this. Oh, I want to know about this. And I'd buy all these books and get them home and put them with all the other books that I never had time to read. So I started taking a picture. And if I remember it in 24 hours, I'll go back. I can go back and buy it. But if I don't, and chances are I won't, then I don't have to because the moment of acquisition is gone, that, that moment when we have to buy. Same thing for clothing. For people who have to buy clothes or who have to buy shoes, put a 24-hour put a space in between it. Take a picture of it. If you still want it in 24 hours, go back and get it. But then it's not an impulse item. Then you're buying something you want. Okay. Now, that's, that's, that's some great little tips here just to follow, just to get you started, to get you off that hump that you've been laying on. So now with the three books that you have out, Marsha, Organizing Your Day, Five Days to Your Clutter, Free House, and Smart Office Organizing, which are all great books for work and in the house, can you tell us where we can get your books from? Oh, yeah, my books are available everywhere. They're available at Barnes & Noble, the physical store. They're available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. They're available from me. And let me give out my website because that would okay. probably be a good idea. My website is sortitout.net, and I like to think of it as a safety net. So remember net, not com. <laughs> okay. um, but, um, you know, my books are available from me. You can send me an email. You can you can you can you can buy them from my website. You can buy them from Sandra's website. Uh, her website is messies.com. You can and some of my books are in the library. Organizing Your Day is in the library. I don't know about the other two, but it won an award from the National Library Association. So we're real proud of that. I know you, I know you are, and I'm glad that you have these books. It's amazing. You know, you got most self-help books, but these are just totally different. They're really targeting the ones who need the actual help to get away from that clutter. So what is next on your list, Marsha? Well, next on my list is my goal in life right now is to get 1,000 people on my, on my, um, the, on the SOS program because I think – I can really help people with that program. And so my goal is to push that and get as many people as possible to want to, to, to learn the skill to be able to be organized. And then we can do things because then I'll be able to, to do some more video and then I'll be able to do a cruise and I'll be able to do like a convention. And those are the kind of things I want to be able to do. I want to be able to really help people to be able to spread the word that you can do this. You know, you can be empowered or you can empower yourself. You, getting organized isn't, isn't something that you can't do. It doesn't escape you. Yes, you can, and I will help you. And that's my message. Well, like the water boy, like the water boy said, you can do it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes, you can. So yes, you two can. more questions, Marsha. What do you want the readers to take from your book? Just that, that, you know what, it's not impossible, you can do this. 
and our book is full of stories. We made sure it was fun to read because it's full of stories about other people who actually did it. And every story in, my, in all three of those books is true. It came from somebody. It either came from somebody that I worked with personally or somebody that was in one of my classes or somebody who, who was in one of my seminars and asked a question. Every story is true. And some of them are a combination of, you know, two people. But still, it's still every, everyone is true. It came from something. I didn't make them up. Well, that's the best way to really get a good book out there and really for people to connect it to be truthful. Also, do you work in other states as well? Well, my program is actually international, I'm very proud to say. Oh, good. So, yeah, so and, and I have organizers good. around the country. We are okay. changing the website and upgrading it so I can list them on my website so that people can find them. But right now they're kind of hard to find. They're kind of like, you know, everybody's kind of doing their own thing, trying to let their community know they exist. But um, soon I'll, I'll have them all on my website. But in terms of me personally, I don't really do a lot of traveling anymore. I used to. I used to travel around the country as a speaker, actually, but I don't do a lot. I don't mind. I'm willing to travel, but it just doesn't come up that much. And mostly I'm trying to get the SOS program. Um, I'm trying to get people to know about the SOS program so that I can help more people. Okay. Oh, and speaking of the SOS program, you have two, the SOS and CSO. What are the differences between those two? SOS stands for Sorted Out Solution. That's the program okay. that's $27 a month that will help yes. you to organize for yourself. CFO stands for Client Focused Organizing, and that's for people who want to learn how to become a professional organizer and make money um, helping people get organized. Okay. Well, Marsha, I really do. I thank you for taking your time out with us to get rid of our clutter in our life. I feel clean already. I hope everyone out there feels clean. And please stay motivated. That's what this show is all about. Let's stay motivated and get ourselves clean. And even and speaking of clean, clean yourself spiritually as well because that, that will help too. But, Marsha, Absolutely. once again, thank you for coming on to the show. And you take care and you have a blessed one. Thank you so much. This was delightful. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, and I'll make sure to stay in touch with you. Yes, awesome. All right, have a great day. You too. Well, everyone, it has been a fun, fun afternoon. Tomorrow coming up is Hogan Healing. He will be talking about his new release, Dad Behaving Dadly, which will be interesting, and that's Dadly, D-A-D-L-Y. Um, let's not forget, June is the Black Music Month. We will almost be completing that up in, in four more days. I try to make sure how many days are actually in June. But our look is Wale. His original name is Olu Boel Victor Akitimahin. I try to make sure I pronounce it correctly, Wale. Please forgive me if I mispronounce your name. But better known by his stage name, Wale, and he is an American rapper from Washington, D.C. He rose to prominence in 2006 when his son, Dig Doug, became popular in his hometown. This D.C.-based rapper, Wale, recently put the city's hip-hop music scene on the global map with the release of his recent hit, Chilling, featuring Lady Gaga. Dave Grohl of Nirvana and the Foo Fighters credits his exposure to 
the music scene in D.C. at places such as the former 930 Club as his musical influence. So today, icon for today is Wale. Wale, congratulations to being on Black Music Month. Look. Well, to, I will see you tomorrow. So God bless you, and you stay prosperous today. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.